Okay, so we're at the first night. All right, night two. Ow, 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 ow. Breathe, 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 breathe. Night three of shots. Night four <laughs> of shots. We're at night five, right? Ready? One, two, three. Breathe. Ow, 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 ow. <laughs> okay, we're on night six. Oh my god, that feels like the easiest thing in the world. I don't even feel that one go in. Yeah, Dr. Dixon in the house, not Dr. Dipshit tonight. All right, I'll go take your baby aspirin. All right, here we are, night seven. So this could be a two-shotter. Sorry if it is. I'm feeling confident that we have 75 in this. Yes! Yep. Fuck yeah, we did it! All right, night eight of shots. Yay! Got our relics, got our relics. Got our relics. Night nine of shots. Night nine. All right, let me let me do some mixing. Will you let me stick one of the like a needle into your stomach just so you can see what it feels like? <laughs> Let's focus on getting these <laughs> shots done first. Night ten of shots. All right, night eleven. Night freaking twelve, man. Fuck, that hurts so bad. My that was god. probably the dullest needle that we've had. Oh my god. I'm tired of this. Needle, baby. It's okay. I wish I could sleep all the way until I have to go get him removed. We are on night 13 at 12.45 a.m. We have to do the trigger shot. So this is your last Ganorelix. You ready? Yep. One, two, three. <laughs> oh, that hurts so bad. Did it? Yeah, what the fuck? All right, let's shred some chicken. That's not code for like anything infertility-wise. We literally have chicken tortilla soup ready to eat. So, <laughs> so we like literally, literally have to shred the chicken. Shred some chicken. So it's been a while. It's been a long while. <laughs> it's been about four months since we've updated you guys. And it's been a rough four months, I would say. A lot's happened in our life. Yeah, I think, you know, obviously our goal was to update you guys as often as possible. But like you just said, it's been a really, really hard few months. We'll get into more of what that means for us in regards to our journey uh, with IVF, but uh, some other family and kind of personal stuff went on, right? Yeah. So we lost my grandfather Yeah. in uh, October, which was just, it was really hard um, because going through our second round of IVF, he was like one of our biggest cheerleaders yeah. like he would call us every single day ask how you were doing with shots <laughs> yeah and it was kind of funny and cute too because he didn't fully understand everything and it, and it was awesome yeah like so he would just be you know like so did it did it work are you guys <laughs> pregnant and it was just trying to explain to him that oh you know we're still going through the process yeah yeah he was our biggest cheerleader for sure and I think too you know you guys are just so close you lived with your grandparents yeah over 20 years yeah they lived with me and my parents and my yeah. brother so I think obviously it's a devastating loss to just your family as a whole and a lot of things happened where I think um you know we just kind of got sidetracked and to be honest like the last thing I wanted to do was sit here in front of a microphone know. you know and not because it doesn't mean a lot to us and not because we don't want to share I think it was just there was so much and I think in the moment like just facing all of that and talking through all of it for me was not what I wanted to do yeah and especially with <laughs> obviously all the craziness of COVID and all that. Yeah. And then I know this, you know, in the big scheme of life, it pales in comparison to losing Harvey, but we also had to put down our cat, which yeah. was probably the hardest thing I've ever had to do in my life. Yeah. And I think um, 
you know, after we had to do that as well, it kind of put a lot of things in perspective for me too, of just like how, and I'm sure I speak for a lot of people that are going through infertility, you know, when you're not able to have kids of your own, right, you right. just really kind of get these connections with your animals, you know, and it's, um, you don't realize until, until you lose them, you know, that they're just another part of your family too, you know? So I, I think I'm not trying to say that some people love their pets more than others, but I think with, <laughs> with our situation, like it, it kind of put it in perspective of just like, man, like our pets are like our kids. Totally. You know, like yeah. And I think, you know, a lot of people can probably just attest to this as well as like, they honestly are like the purest form of love, I think, because <laughs> mm-hmm. they literally like don't judge you. And every day you come home, they're happy to see you. And it's just incredible. And that's probably why it hurts so much, I would think. So yeah. anyways, so lots that- of... That was, that was, oh man, that was just rough right before the holidays and stuff. And then of course, going into the holidays, uh, we end the year with a bang <laughs> and I got COVID. And oh yeah. There was that thing. There was that thing that one time I remember you got COVID. Yeah. yeah I got COVID too. So that also kind of happened, but it was weird. Cause like I got COVID and we thought that you got COVID Yeah, that and was... we still don't know if you had COVID. Right. It's really weird. Like you got it, tested positive, mm-hmm. had some symptoms. I mean, thank God uh, they were very mild Super in comparison. Mild. So I still can't smell. Yeah. That besides that. Yeah. And I kind of felt like maybe I had some symptoms, but then, you know, I never tested positive. I never got a positive test, but our primary care physician was like, oh, you probably do have it. And then I still didn't test positive. And then our doctor Hatch said potentially I didn't have it. Maybe that's not the case. So, you know, who knows? It's really been kind of a, a weird, random thing. Cause I think there are instances where like a significant other doesn't get it when their partner does this craziness, to be honest. So yeah, it was just very poetic. I, I would say for the way 2020 was like, like, we spent the whole year the whole going year. through the second round and neither one of us getting sick <laughs> and trying so hard to yeah. not get COVID. And, you know, cause obviously you, you get COVID yeah. that sets everything back right. with your schedule for doctor's appointments and stuff. And so we lucked out until the very end of the year. Ah, man. So yeah, so there's been some things that just have happened at the end of 2020 that, like you said, I didn't even want to sit in front of a microphone or anything. So we uh, just thank everyone. We've been getting lots of messages and people checking in, which has just been like, I don't even know how to describe how it made us feel like amazing. It, it yeah. felt amazing, but we also kind of felt a little guilty that it's taken us <laughs> long. But again, life happens and we'll tell our story when we're ready. And yeah. now we're ready. Yeah. I think last time when we left off, we were a couple of days away from getting into the next round of IVF. You we were going to have your ultrasound just to kind of mm-hmm. see how everything was going to look for your cycle. And that was definitely a rough second round of shots for you. We played a little bit of audio from that. We did play a little bit of audio. And I don't know if part of it is you kind of forget how hard it is. Like, cause you know, I think after the first round, I was like, I never want to do this again, ever, ever, ever. Then like, I kind of forgot, I think a little bit of how uncomfortable and how much I like didn't enjoy the process, which... I don't think any of us really do, but I remember it being a little bit of a different experience emotionally, maybe. Yeah. And from my perspective and my point of view, that could have been just because we also added growth hormones, which we didn't do the first round. I I don't know if I really know what that does exactly. Do you recall? Yeah. So, or at least from what I remember is it's supposed to help with the egg quality. Okay. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. You were taking a lot more menopure and overall, yeah, I think it was just like 
mentally really rough on yeah. you and you handled it like a freaking champ <laughs> again. <laughs> I just, yeah. I mean, there, we did have a couple hiccups. Um, <laughs> like we did the, have a few hiccups. <laughs> I think it was like the second or third night uh, I went to go give you your follow stim mm-hmm. and I stick the needle in, goes in smooth and I go to inject the medicine and it's just stuck, completely stuck. <laughs> the funniest thing though is I remember standing in front of you and I could see this like overwhelming panic come over your face and I was like oh shit and then you kind of like you didn't know what to do and it was hysterical and then you looked up at me and I was like oh my god I knew exactly what happened okay it's not coming out why that was a hundred percent on me what'd you do I didn't switch the cartridge so I just put a shot in you with nothing (laughs) I'm so sorry Oh my God, I'm never going to do that again. So I basically just injected you with a needle (laughs) and nothing happened. I think we nicknamed you Dr. Dipshit. My dad gave me that name. Oh, that's right. Your dad gave it to you. We were telling my parents and my dad called me Dr. Dipshit. So that was a little embarrassing, but it didn't happen again. That was the first and only time that ever happened. But other than that, everything was pretty consistent. I think we did this time around though, which I highly recommend. We got this really cool IVF kit from my vitro and it was great you know since we were doing more meds it just kind of made things a lot more organized and it came with like a really cool like a shot station yeah you know so I could actually like do all the mixing and get all the the shots prepped on this little cool little mat and then on the flip side I could put in the calendar remember like yeah where I could write everything so that was super super helpful it's awesome that was great Mm -hmm. and then something else we learned it only took us our second round and about halfway through was how to make the Menipure not burn so much when we inject it. And it's the funniest thing because I think that sometimes like, you know, as you're doing these shots, I feel like over the course of, you know, however many nights, 13 evenings or nights or whatever, uh, you know, your stomach uh, has had multiple shots in it. So I feel like it's just a lot more tender. So it starts to just burn, I think, even worse. Either that or it's just in my in my head. I'm not sure. But we noticed that like if you inject Menopir a little bit slower. Very slow. Uh, it doesn't burn nearly as much as it does if you just kind of inject it like regular. So that's a tip to try for sure. And we also like I would mix the Menopure and then we would let it sit right. for, I don't know, five to 10 minutes while we're doing the follow stim and all the other shots. And I don't know if it kind of gave it some time to do its thing. Yeah, and, who knows? But either way, it definitely helped. And yeah. I remember like that moment when I gave it to you and you're like, oh my gosh. That, I, that felt, I was like, hallelujah. <laughs> yeah. That was something we learned that was very helpful. But yeah, for sure. Yeah. So other than that, we um got to the egg retrieval. Yep. Yep. We're here. We're at the surgery center in the parking lot. Yep. How are you feeling right now? Nervous. You just talked to your mama? Yeah. I think it's just nervous on like so many levels. I'm nervous just because I'm going in and going to be, you know, like put under, like nervous of what she's going to be able to get. Nervous after they fertilize. I'm just like, there's so many like levels of nervousness. One step at a time. Yeah. First, we got to get you in the building. <laughs> then we'll go, we'll go from there. How does it feel? Like last time it was super early, but today it's a little later. So I think you've had a little more time to stew. Yeah, it's harder. I think like last time it was really early. So we just got up and went and I didn't have a lot of time to kind of think, think about it. But this time, yeah, it's later. So all I've been doing is just like freaking out <laughs> in my head. Oh, it's all right. You got this. We got this. We got this. We got this. Yeah. All right, let's go in. 
All right. And so I remember going in and putting on the gown and the socks and the hair net thing. And then I had the same anesthesiologist as last time. And literally it was just like deja vu. It was so crazy. Um, you know, and I was glad to have that anesthesiologist just because, you know, she was great and I had a good experience last time. So that was a positive. But I remember just telling Dr. Hatch, like, oh my gosh, Dr. Hatch, this is like the same exact scenario. I just hope our outcome is different. And we both looked at each other and she's like, it's going to be, it's going to be fine. Like, you know, it's going to be different. Don't worry. And so uh, I remember as they're, you know, wheeling me back, I was just like, you know, God, please let this, let this be different. Yep. And um, I wasn't able to go back with you like I did last time just because of COVID and stuff, but it was pretty much the same thing. I just waited for you, took the same 45 to an hour. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, Dr. Hatch called me in. She was super excited. They retrieved 35 eggs. And so in comparison to the last time? Last time they did 32. Uh, this time was 35. I know it's only three more, but that's a lot of that's freaking eggs. a lot eggs. of freaking eggs. Yeah. And it felt like 35 eggs too, let me tell you. Like- yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> and so similar to last time too, you were, you know, kind of loopy when you came out, but I feel like this time you're extra loopy. And I just remember that moment when I told you how many eggs you retrieved. All right, babe, you're out. Yeah. How are you feeling? I feel like so crampy. Okay, so Dr. Hatch got 35 eggs. Thirty-five. I don't remember any of it. (laughs) Thirty-five eggs. Was he happy? She was super happy. Everything's good with the Tessie. Now you just get to go home and relax, okay? Okay. You did so good. Thirty-five. That was three more than last time. Oh my god. This is exciting. She said I did good. She said you did amazing. So we bring you home. And same things last time you just rest. I mm-hmm. think definitely you were in a little more pain this time around. Yeah. Um, the first day and days following for sure. Yeah. I think this overall recovery from the egg retrieval was a lot harder. So that was a huge difference, I think, between the first and the second. I was like super, super bloated, super uncomfortable, like almost felt like it was very hard to kind of like breathe in some way. Uh, you know, there was a little bit of like, you know, potential scariness, like there was a ton of fluid, which there was, yeah. you know, they could have had to have potentially like drained it um, or do diuretics and those kinds of things. So it was just, it was very um, uncomfortable and painful. And it was a little, a little scary just because of the unknown, I guess, with that. So. And it's just not another one of those situations where I just felt so hopeless because I couldn't help you feel any better. Yeah. Um, Which then brings us to the day after yeah. the egg retrieval. Right. Um, is when, you know, the doctor calls to tell you how many eggs fertilize and all that stuff. All right, it's the day after the egg retrieval. Uh-huh. How are you feeling? I'm dying. I think I'm dying. Is this worse than last time? I think so. I couldn't. Re- I can't remember, maybe. I feel like you seem to be in more pain this time around than last time. Yeah. And Dr. Hatch called today and said... Only four fertilized for sure. For sure. Out of, out of 33. 33. So out of the 35, exceed. there was 33 mature ones, which is amazing. Yeah. And for some reason, only four of them, as of when they looked, had fertilized with this interesting new set of information, something about 2 p.n. And the rest are 0 p.n. No p.n. PN. 
what does it stand for? Pre-nuclei? Pro-nucleus or pro-nuclei? Pro-nuclei? I don't know. That's a new, a new thing for us. We didn't hear about this last time because last time all of our eggs fertilized. fertilized. So four of them are showing the 2 p.m. 29 of them are... 0 p.m. 0 p.m. and questionable if they're even going to fertilize. So, yeah. It's, that's fun. That's terrible. I haven't been able to turn my brain off at all today. Honestly, like, if it wasn't for how I was feeling, I would just be crying. But it hurts to cry, so I can't. So, yeah, this this whole 2 p.m., 0 p.m. thing was completely new to us this time around. Mm-hmm. So, p.m. is guaranteed that they fertilize where there's one set of genetics from Russell and one set from you. Got it. When it's a zero PN, there's two different ways to look at it. It could have fertilized quicker because you can only see the window for the two PNs for four hours. And I asked when they looked and he said that they looked at 21 hours. So it's in the right window. But if they fertilize quickly, the two PN's gone. Or when it is going slower, it can also be a zero PN. So on the front or the back end, it can be normal embryos, but there's zero PNs. Got it. Okay. Okay. So, but the other option is that they just didn't go on. Okay. And that there's zero PNs because they didn't fertilize. Got it. Okay. Okay. So as I said, if we could have 14 in two days from now. Got it's it. It's just the frustration is we're not going to know until Friday. Okay. You know, when I called the lab director today to talk to him, he said sometimes with testes sperm, we do see this, where the fertilization is faster, he said. So if they checked at 21 hours, then the two PNs would be gone. But again, I just, I can't tell you because there's zero PNs, okay? okay? So I wish I could give you a little bit better news where you're not stressed at all, but I'm going to say a whole bunch of prayers that they just divided quickly, and that's why there's zero PNs. So there was a, you know, a little bit of hope there and we were just kind of banking on the fact that maybe the, my testy sperm was so fantastic that shoot, maybe 28 other ones made it to the next right. stage and they just, the embryologist missed that window of seeing yeah. it. Yeah. And I, I think that like we were trying to be super hopeful that, that was the case. I remember us just being like, what the heck? It was terrible to hear that, that only four, four eggs out of 32 fertilized to go through everything we did, you know, emotionally, physically, financially, mm-hmm. and to be set up for what we thought was like the answer as far as, you know, the next step of getting right. a good quality embryo. Like, yeah. You know, so it was really, really, really hard to hear that after the first day, because I feel like on the first round, you know, we kind of went through the motions of the first few days and it wasn't until like day three, four and five where the shit hit the fan. Yeah. Where this time it was like right off the bat, we were looking forward to that phone call of like a high number of yeah. eggs of fertilized and we got the complete opposite. Right, right. So from day, from day one, we were just devastated. I literally was like so angry. And you're in pain. And I was like <laughs> in so much pain. Yeah. Like, you know, so it was probably a really bad like... <laughs> Just mix of like all the emotions and just knowing like what you went through and what I've gone through and what we've gone through and for the results to not be significantly better. I was like, just, I was pissed and angry and sad and all of it. And, you know, everyone we talked to and 
so thankful for our friends and family that were there for us when we got like that first news. Everyone was like, we just got to be positive, which is true. You know, we got to be positive. We got to yeah. good vibes. We got to say our prayers, like everything. It was hard though. I felt like shit. I felt like shit. Like my body felt like shit. My mind felt like shit. And then I hear this and my, yeah. f- I was just like, oh, fuck you. And and after last time. <laughs> yeah. Not fuck you to you, but no. just to this whole f- process. And man, like, so just thinking back to that, those couple of days, like, Oh my goodness. I don't think in my entire 34 years, I don't think I've ever felt so sad. Mm. I don't know. I, I never felt that that like level of sadness before. Yeah, it's ever. Like gut-wrenching, and, essentially. And seeing you too in so much pain, because you were in way more, way more <laughs> yeah. pain than the first time yeah. around. To know that there's a potential that like this is gonna fail again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was worried that my wife isn't feeling good and something could go wrong. Like we were worried about all the fluid that was building up. Then at the same time, trying to take care of you, be strong. <laughs> like it's, it, it's a lot. It's a lot. And for sure. Oh boy. Those were some of the hardest days yeah. of my life for sure. Yeah. And that was, again, that was the, the day one phone mm-hmm. call. So then they typically call you on day three. Mm-hmm. And those are the longest two days ever. You're you're in pain. Mm -hmm. We're stressing. And Dr. Hatch calls us back on day three with bad news of... Again. Again. (laughs) We have the embryo report. You know, it's unfortunately not much better. Um, Basically, we're still at four, but really only two of the four look decent. Oh, my God. Two of the two pants did not change. The other two two PNs still have the fragments. Interestingly, two of the zero PNs look like they're the best embryos today. So the zero PNs that did fertilize the two um, look better than the ones that were two PNs on the first day. With these zero, these two zero PNs, did they say anything like that they potentially could have been two PNs that were missed or... Are they definitely? Well, there were definitely two PNs at one point. It's just that they weren't identified at the time that they looked at them. So basically, on day three, out of those four that we had, mm-hmm. only two of them made it to the next stage. That totally is. And yep. then we find out that they were graded terribly. Mm-hmm. Just like our first round, there was a bunch of fragmentation. Right. They were like triple Fs or something, which I mean, an F is already bad. I mean, a double of- F is. I would think it's right? bad, but triple F. Like, I mean, yeah, that sounds like horrible. But on the <laughs> the other side of things, there were two new embryos that popped up. They were graded as Bs. One was a 6B and one was a 5B. Right. So yeah, so we had these unknown little embryos that could essentially, and they looked much better than the ones that had fertilized within that time window. Uh, and so Dr. Hatch kind of told us that we had a few options, right? Yeah. So with day three embryos, we don't do the genetic testing? Yeah, you can only do genetic testing by letting it grow out to day five. Got it. So if genetic testing is really important to you, then you grow it out, but you have to be emotionally prepared that they may not grow out and you don't have anything to show. Got it. Okay, so we just need to decide if we want to either freeze them. Or if you just want to grow them out. The two that were two PNs that are triple Fs, I honestly would probably grow those out, you know, and just like let them declare themselves. So you've got options. Like in your opinion, would you recommend freezing them? Like, w- If it were me, 
I personally would freeze him today, given your outcome last time. Okay. It does not appear that the Tessie's firm, right, as of right now, made any difference, unfortunately. Sorry to tell you that, Russell. Oh, man. Yeah, I know. If that's the case, we already know the outcome from the last time we went down this road. So I would rather at least give these embryos a chance at being successful in implantation rather than just have an outcome where none of them make it to day five. I mean... In the moment, you know, you're trying to take in all this information. Yeah. You're devastated. You are in pain. Yeah. (laughs) It's extremely overwhelming to get this kind of information. Like we've been talking about this and we've been sharing our story and all this like this buildup to this moment of everything that we had just gone through. And now we're at this fork in the road where we could either allow the embryos, all four of them, to continue growing to day five, Mm -hmm. which day five is when they become the blastocyst. And that's when you can freeze it and do all the genetic testing and all that. Yeah. So the day five is kind of like that sweet spot again of, you know, when most transfers happen, you can genetically test and kind of do all those things. So yeah. So we could let it grow out to day five Mm -hmm. or we could freeze them. At day three. And the reason for freezing them at day three is to limit the risk of losing them by trying to let them grow out to day five. Right. Because to your point, like all of our embryos last time around had fragmentation and just didn't make it to day five. So we had two that were showing signs of fragmentation already, two that weren't showing signs, but we're fearful that if we let them continue that they might or something, you know, might happen. So we had to make that decision in like an hour because like literally all of this stuff is like timed. And so we only had a very small amount of time to really make this decision. And I just remember us being like, what do we do? And it was interesting because Dr. Hatch put it in a very like interesting way, I guess, that I hadn't really thought about. She said, there's like really two options with this decision. Someone has to carry the burden, okay? Either you have to carry the burden that you're going to do what's best for the embryos, which would be to freeze them today. And you're willing to go through a frozen transfer and the bed rest and everything to have a bad outcome. Bad outcome either meaning no pregnancy or worse, a miscarriage. Uh Or the embryo has to carry the burden to prove to you that it is in fact genetically healthy so that you don't have to go through everything without some confidence that the embryo is okay. Right. Okay. I think that's probably the best way to look at it. And neither one's right or wrong. It's what's right for you. Got it. Okay. Okay. All right. Thank you. Okay. You're welcome. I wish I was there with you guys. Okay. So, but just know I am in this with you. Okay. Okay. Thank you, Dr. Hodge. We appreciate it. Yeah. Okay. We'll talk soon. Okay. 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 Bye-bye. So there's all these options. And And she also brought up too, sorry, uh, is that she said that, you know, potentially uh, a woman's body is a better home uh, for embryos, right? In a lab. So that was another factor that played. That was another another huge thing that was kind of helping make our decision and stuff. And I want to say, so yes, we had like an hour to let the lab know. And I'm pretty sure 45 minutes of that hour, we were probably just bawling on the couch. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) Like, I don't think I've ever reacted and just completely lost it like I did after that phone call. Yeah. Like I can easily say in my entire life, I don't think I've ever felt the amount of sadness as I did right there in that moment. And Mm -hmm. along with that was just seeing you emotional and 
in all the discomfort and pain, right. pain that, that you were in. It's interesting that you say like you were so sad and I was too, but almost like kind of contrary to how you're feeling. I was like so angry. I was like so, so, so angry. And I was angry at the fact that like, why didn't this work? with Tessie sperm, right? And so that was a huge question we had for Dr. Hatch too. We were like, well, how? Like, how can this happen? Like, this was the answer, right? And so, um, yeah, so we had some discussion around that, you know, which I'm so thankful for is, is Dr. Hatch is definitely open to talking. And yeah, so anyways, we had this decision to make and- <laughs> Yeah, and basically we ultimately decided that we wanted to freeze them mm-hmm. on day three and we wanted to let Crystal's body grow them because obviously things haven't been working too hot for them in the lab, yeah. right? Yeah. So I have a hundred million percent faith in your body and your strength. Let's put them in you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I guess if like we're going to give them a chance, I'd rather give them a chance where they should be, I guess, than in a lab. And I was willing to like take on the burden, whatever it would be to give them a chance yeah. and to see what could happen knowing that, you know, they may not even be genetically good embryos. And, you know, there's a lot to kind of think about, but I think that was kind of like the one thing we were like, let's give them a chance. And we think that that chance is best being transferred at day three. So that was our decision. Mm-hmm. And just like that, they called the lab and yep. froze them. <laughs> froze them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which is, uh, yeah, it's crazy to think about. And, you know, we had a lot to really... I think just get over <laughs> in a way it's kind of healing from what we had just experienced. Cause it was kind of traumatizing. Like, so the day that we decided we needed to freeze them and how emotional we were, I remember looking at you like at the end of the day and looking upstairs to where we record mm-hmm. and just going, nope. should we, should we go record right now? <laughs> and as those words were coming out of my mouth, I just like lost it again. And I'm like, there's, yeah, there's no yeah. way I could even like talk about this. And yeah. honestly, like, again, we, we really apologize that it's taken so long to do an, you know, a new episode and share with you guys. But I feel like looking back at where we were when we were recording our, our earlier episodes, I was really excited for this moment right. because I had so much hope and faith that it was going to work out right. with yeah. this, this round and this retrieval. That like, I was just like, oh yeah, we're, we're, we're going to record it. We're and gonna, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. <laughs> we're going to and we're going to have all this great news to share. And then when that didn't happen and we were like, like slapped in the face with this horrible uh, news uh, again, it was kind of devastating. And please know that like, we know that we have at least two embryos. Um, I think it's just the fact of, again, what was supposed to happen by using Tessie sperm and what has happened in their history of using Tessie sperm, that we are literally this like anomaly. What happened to us has never happened to our doctor before using Tessie sperm. So to hear that and then again, again, yeah, again. (laughs) And so that was, that's kind of like the place that we were at, right? Like we were excited. Hey, we have two, but like we should have been in a better place. And then, yeah. So it was just a mix of emotion, I think. And it was just, it was really hard. Yeah. So we, after kind of making the decision to freeze them on day three, you know, we, we kind of regrouped with Dr. Hatch and the fact that like she had a lot uh, she wanted to get answers about uh, from the lab. She was Um, pissed. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, the urologist that did the Tessie procedure, you know, he, again, in in the history of him doing this, uh, you know, they use frozen Tessie sperm. And that's probably one thing we didn't mention too is so like when they do Tessie sperm, they can do it two ways. They can use fresh Tessie sperm for ICSI or they can use frozen. And so we 
uh, decided to use frozen because you did this procedure a few months before we did our egg retrieval. And there really wasn't supposed to be any difference between using frozen and fresh testes sperm, according to our urologist. So we decided to freeze it. They did a test thaw and everything seemed to go well on the sperm at that point. Um, However, (laughs) when they thawed your sperm to actually perform the ICSI after my egg retrieval, uh, your sperm were not happy. They were not happy. They were angry sperm again. Which that's just how they've been Mm -hmm. during this whole process. Yeah. So um, ultimately that's kind of what um, she found out after speaking to the lab um, was that the sperm was not uh, where it should have been, which would happen to us because uh, yeah, why wouldn't it? Yeah. Because of all the (laughs) surgeries and stuff. And I mean, right off the bat, it's just like, oh man, are you kidding me? Like, so you're saying if we would have done a fresh Potentially, Tessie, yeah. that Potentially things would have, would have been better. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, when, when our doctor who has done this, our urologist I'm referring to, has done this numerous, numerous times. And like, this is the way he typically does it. Mm-hmm. And it's always fine. Like, mm-hmm. are we supposed to question that? Like, we would have no reason to question that. Right, absolutely. So now it's just like, like why? Like, why? Right. What the heck, man? Like, <laughs> right, what, right. what do we have to do? You know, yeah. so, so we, you know, kind of just talked it over with Dr. Hatch. So that's kind of where we are at. So we were just like, okay, well, let's kind of concentrate on these two embryos that we have. Like, let's kind of flip the page a little bit and and try to think of this in like a positive light. Essentially, The silver lining was these two special embryos. (laughs) Right, right. So we knew we had those. And so, you know, Dr. Hatch really was, you know, again, there was a lot that she wanted to kind of do on her end. So she wanted to give me also some time to kind of heal just from the egg retrieval and all of that. So we kind of decided that we would look at potentially doing an embryo transfer in January. Part of the reason too, is we wanted to get the hell out of 2020. Yeah. And Dr. Hatch could not have agreed more with us on that. Exactly. And like you said, I mean, your body went through so much. Mm -hmm. And even that day we met with her to to talk to her, you were still in pain. And that was like weeks after the transfer and you were in no position to do a transfer sooner than, you know, a few months out. So, um, but it was, it was good. It gave Dr. Hatch some time to do all the tests she needed to do. And that was kind of interesting. interesting. So, yeah. So, you know, in a way, like, obviously we wanted to do the transfer like as soon as possible, right? Like we were just like, ah, but we knew realistically, okay, like, let's be <laughs> like honest. Our goal is January. So yes, she wanted to do like a biopsy is one of the things that she uh, wanted to get done. And, and I guess uh, she goes in and she just kind of takes a little piece of the lining and sends it in uh, to make sure it looks good. And then also too, I think she's able to see lining receptivity or receptability no receptivity receptivity yeah not receptability i don't think it's a word maybe i don't know <laughs> i don't think it's a word uh, yeah receptivity so i think uh what that means is she's able to kind of look at the lining and know when it might be most receptive to an embryo so that was one thing then also too uh she wanted to do a mock transfer cycle protocol yeah. And, and remember when we were first going through all of this, even before the second round, we did a natural cycle monitor for you. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And you qualified right, for right. when it was transfer time to do a natural cycle. Yeah. But since we're in such a weird <laughs> anomaly and like we're special, we're, we're definitely- special. We're her special patients. Yeah, since we're the special patients, we need to- literally cross and check off every box. Exactly. Right. So yeah. So that was the reason she's like, let's do a medicated mock cycle just to see how your body responds. I want to get some information. 
info from that. And then we'll make our decision uh, when the time comes, if we wanted to do a natural embryo transfer or a medicated. So, Which basically is just not as many meds. And exactly. Yeah. You still have some meds, but it's not all the shots, right. all that stuff. <laughs> Which brings us to our mock cycle. And boy, uh, that's a different set of uh, medication that we weren't used to or that I wasn't used to. I think it involved estrogen pills, estrogen patches, and then some progesterone in oil, also known as PIO shots. And boy, those were a mother effer. Let me tell you. Those are really hard to give you. Like, cause I mean, it's like <laughs> molasses. Really, kind of like, so like it's oil based. And when you give, oh, and by the way, the, the shot has to go in like the back butt area, uh, which uh, it's, you can switch from left to right, um, but they hurt really bad and it's an oil and you literally were like struggling to get it out of the needle. I remember. Yeah. yeah. It, it's, it was hard because it's not just like a liquid that just shoots out. It's like, it's, it's like a thick syrup molasses yeah. type, Yeah. you know, so you're slowly pushing it out and then I'm trying not to shake my hand. Right. And, as the needle's stuck in my yeah. back. Right. But yeah. it took us a couple of days and then it was like all the other it shots. Just, we started getting used to it Yeah, those as far as- Giving you the shots. Right, right. Those yeah. definitely hurt the most. Um, so that was like a little daunting knowing uh, that potentially if down the road we do this embryo transfer, if I go medicated, that could potentially be uh, a good amount of shots throughout this process. So that was weird. And then uh, after we did that, uh, Dr. Hatch wanted to do a hysteroscopy. Russell kept saying hyster. I, I kept telling everyone that you're having a, um, a hysterectomy. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, Crystal's going in to get a hysterectomy today. <laughs> I'm like, it's kind of like the opposite of what we're trying to do here. But bless your heart, I get it. So that was an interesting thing uh, to kind of experience. They literally go in, you're, you're laying there like you're in a, uh, going to get a pap smear in her office. There's a screen and I was able to watch her essentially. Was it in 4k? I don't think so. No. Oh, okay. Literally stick this thing, uh, up my vagina all the way up to the very end till it couldn't go anymore. Like literally till it dead ended, dead ended, dead ended, dead ended it, until it there was a dead end. end. How come like, oh, it yeah. was a little so, hard to so get. Apparently my cervix, uh, cervix is tilted. I guess, which I didn't even know cervixes could be tilted. Anyways, as she was trying to stick this thing up my vagina, literally she was like, it was like vertical. It was very bizarre uh, and weird. Anyways, she finally gets it up there and uh, she's looking around and I could literally see the inside of like my uterus, which is crazy. It looked like um, cotton candy kind of. Like if I, no, for real though, like it literally looked like floating cotton candy, which is bizarre, but she's like, you know, okay, there's a few little things here and there. I'm just going to clean them up. So then this little like jaws of life thing comes out and she's like hacking away at like these cotton candy, like strings in my uterus, which was. But they're just like little polyps. Yes. Essentially they're polyps. Yeah. Uh, And I asked her, I was like, so like, what are polyps? And she's like, oh, they're basically like little skin tags. And I was like, that's weird. Yeah. Um, But it was a trip. I could see it and I could feel it and it was weird. But for the most part, she said I looked great. um, And that was kind of reassuring. And uh, yeah, so that was kind of like the last thing that we had to do in prep for this embryo transfer in January. And then 
obviously not long after that was when I got COVID. So yeah. we were freaking out. We weren't sure if we we're going to be able to even go through with the appointments and stuff. Right, but right. luckily, since you tested negative, there was plenty of time that had passed. Like the time window from when it was like right I got there. COVID yeah. to when we had to go to the appointment was just like right over the amount of time where you needed to yeah, isolate and stuff. Absolutely. So thank God it all worked out. Yeah. We were able to go to your appointment for your day two. Yeah. And I think like we're this far along, we decided we were going to do a transfer. We get ready to do the, these like the mock protocol, everything. I still don't think at any point in that process, like I was excited yet. Right. Like I was still really sad yeah. of everything that happened. And then, and I think we, we, we both weren't mentally like excited. Oh, yeah. That's like a crazy thing about this process is like, Oh man, it's hard to really get genuinely excited because of the fact that like right around the corner, like at every turn, there's potential like devastation. Yeah. And, right? it, and it's, a, it's a hard mindset to like, yeah. to snap out of because you want to be positive. You need to be mm-hmm. positive. That's right. what your body needs. That's what, positivity is only going to serve us yeah. better in this situation, but it is so hard to get there. So but I, but I think there. once we finally made that appointment, you know, yeah. 2020 was over with, we were able to get into that appointment. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's when like, okay, yeah, new year. Absolutely. <laughs> like, and so, you know, right now, as we speak, uh, I am a week into our transfer protocol. Yeah. I haven't started uh, the PIO shots, the progesterone shots. That's coming in a few days. As of the 29th, uh, Which is, yeah. Our transfer day. And we will be transferring both embryos that we have. So after talking with Dr. Hatch, uh, two day three embryos have the same odds as one day five embryo. But that's, yeah, that's where we're at. I mean, we're excited. Yeah. I know you're going through you know, all, all these hormones yeah. again, it's a new beast because mm-hmm. you're not doing all the shots like you were before, but yeah. like all the medication right. and pills and stuff is definitely, it's a lot of meds. Yeah. Like there's a whole bunch of new medication and a different kind of protocol. And it's a lot of moving pieces to this protocol. So I would, uh, you know, definitely recommend anybody who is going to be coming up for a transfer to just try to be as organized and write down as much as you can, because I literally check off when I take things because it's so much medication. And since you're talking about all the medication, it's safe to say that we did decide to go the medication ah, <laughs> medicated yes, yes, route, yes. not natural, just to yeah, just to kind least. of to, to give Dr. Hatch more control of everything. Yeah. And I think to your point, we did. We went back and forth on this. Yeah, we did. And I think we did uh, decide medicated because of our situation and how many like little random things have kind of just gone uh, not our way. We felt like we needed to give Dr. Hatch the most control over the situation as possible to help my body be as receptive to these embryos as possible because we didn't want something to come out of left field and to essentially kind of mess things up. So, uh, and because my body responded to the mock cycle transfer very well, she didn't see any reason. Again, it's just a lot more <laughs> daunting on my end because there's, you know, more things I have to put my body through. But at the end of the day, like, you know, I would be willing to do this again and again to try to get to our goal of having, you know, a baby for sure. So a baby. I know. I know. I know. So, yeah. So that's where we're at. Um, you know, again, we're just trying to stay positive with what this outcome will be. I do still feel a little like scared 
scared just of the fact that we weren't able to test and we just don't know. There's like so many unknowns, but we just got to be strong and just kind of believe in my body and what it's capable of and trust in the process. You know? Exactly. And like, we can't thank you guys enough again, just for the patience of, mm-hmm. you know, letting us have time for able to, you know, share our story with you. Uh, you know, we've been getting lots of messages mm-hmm. and it's just been like amazing. Yeah. So amazing hearing, hearing from everyone. From, yeah. So thank you guys so much. Like you just don't know what those little messages mean to us and same with our family and our friends. Like we love all you guys and we just can't wait to uh, see what happens next. Yep. 